0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's January 7th. It's 2021. We have five basketball games and the six NFL games that we're going to talk about here on today's podcast. Podcast is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, now's the time to check them out. They got a ton of stuff going on over there uh, for the NFL playoffs, NBA stuff going on each and every day. Um, you know they got golf stuff firing up as well so if you guys haven't make sure you check them out uh, use the promo code grinders get 100 um, percent deposit bonus up to 50 bucks uh, the link will be in the description you can go to rotoginders.com slash partners slash mkf and that'd be the easiest way to get your 100 percent deposit bonus up to 50 bucks uh, so i'm joined today by my good buddy grant genie for oh seven how are you doing my friend
1: Oh, I'm doing just fantastic today. Um, DFS still up in the air. We we're recording this a little bit earlier, so uh, the Sacramento game is about to start. I have a lot of a lot of Holmes and a lot of other guys in that game, so we'll see where I end up. But already, already pretty much even today because bet on the Knicks, like I told you guys on the podcast yesterday, and they they pulled it out against the the
0: Jazz yeah well, I said Beth the under on the Orlando game, and it went way under so um but yeah, I played trey Young on my main um build, so I stopped watching n b a hours ago, so um uh, was watching Zoe's extraordinary playlist um with my wonderful wife, so that's how is it, that it man the first season was really good we just the like it was the second first first episode of the second season so but yeah, we'll see, how, we'll see how it comes and plays out. Hey, you got a girlfriend now. You should watch it with her. Yeah,
1: very, very well may. <laughs>
0: Let's get into this basketball slate. We start with Philly at Brooklyn, 224 total here. Philly favored by two. Dinwiddie and Durant are out. Um, Philly, it's a back-to-back. We'll have to see if anything comes out of it. Um, what do you like here for the 76ers?
1: The 76ers, sorry. I'm just trying to make sure that I remember everything from the – game today because obviously it was a real high scoring game and everyone played a ton of minutes. So I'm just going through and like, this is, it's, it's obviously a good match for Philly, but like you're looking at the minutes played for everyone on there and it was a high paced game. So lots of possessions, lots rang down the court. B played 37, Simmons, 36, Kurt, 36, Harris, 41, green 30. Like there are a lot of minutes played, um, in this game. Um, Realistically, probably my favorite player is going to be Shake Milton. Uh, I think that he could end up getting a little bit more run on the second end of a back to back. He kind of played the least amount of minutes. It's still a good pace matchup. It's not the worst uh, defensive matchup in the world going up against Brooklyn. So he's probably my favorite, but really you can take a shot on any of these guys. The total for this game, I think, is 227. Um, one of the higher ones on the slate. Brooklyn still plays at a fast pace. Harris, Simmons, and It's just the worrisome part of playing on the second end of a back to back and playing that many minutes. So, like Milton's my favorite, but I like really you're taking shots on any of these guys, and I wouldn't go too heavy um, on playing multiple Philly guys. It'd probably be one or two. I don't think I go full game stack here, but any one of these guys is fine. But Shake Milton's probably, I think, the guy that probably gets the biggest boost because of his lack of minutes played in the last game.
0: Yeah, I think, like, if everybody plays for Philly, I'll probably pass on most of these guys. Um, maybe, like, Tobias if some guys start getting ruled out, obviously that will change some stuff. But I think like overall, I think the guys that we're potentially looking at here are like Seth Curry and shake Milton. Like you said, Milton Jeep, like the cheaper guys um, in this Brooklyn game. So I don't know, man, I think you could, you could take shots on Embiid and Simmons, but I don't know how much I really trust it on a back-to-back either. So, and on the Brooklyn side of things, like, Kyrie's a top play on the slate. Um, you know, obviously you got Luka, you got Jokic, um, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. But I, I think like I think you have to kind of prioritize Kyrie on the slate. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going
1: right back to the well with Kyrie and with Levert. Uh, don't think I'm playing any other guys there. Kyrie, obviously, with that Durant, the offense, he's going to get. Uh a ton of usage the game was a weird game the other night because the blowout he didn't get any run in the fourth quarter and he shot lights out in the first quarter so Kyrie is a fantastic play even a tough matchup going against Philly he's pretty much matchup proof because he can go through any defense uh Levert though like 6.8k is still way too cheap for him only got 21 minutes in the last matchup still put up 18 shots in there Him coming off the bench or even if he gets the start like this philly team's gonna be a little bit exhausted 6.8k when you consider a guy's gonna have a 35 percent usage when he's out on the floor in all likelihood maybe more than that it, it, it's just a silly price tag i'm not chasing the jared allen game yes he got 32 minutes in the last outing versus utah i don't know if it'll end up happening again um joe harris It's fine at 5.3K, but it's a tough matchup. I'm not using him. Jordan, not using him. TLC, coming off the bench, still probably only get 24 minutes. If you really need some salary relief, it's not the worst idea in the world. Has seven-plus shots in each of the last three games, so he can end up getting there if you really need some salary relief. But a lot of the salary relief will probably come off of – injuries uh, depending on who ends up sitting today but it's Kyrie and it's Levert here and I really really like Levert
0: yeah I really like Kyrie I don't mind Levert Um, you know Allen had a monster game the other night because they let him kind of just get some extra run Um, I don't expect that to happen on a nightly basis but DeAndre Jordan you know he only played nine minutes the other night if we knew like Allen was going to be playing like solid minutes like we would definitely be targeting him, you know, on a nightly basis. Um, but I, I think, like, TLC, maybe he plays a, a couple extra minutes. Harris plays a couple extra minutes if this game stays close. Um, so don't necessarily hate those guys. Um, but, I, I again, I think Kyrie's the play from Brooklyn – uh, Cleveland at Memphis, 212 total here. Memphis favored by four in this game. It's a back to back for Cleveland, and they're going to be very shorthanded here. Um, you know, obviously, we'll have to be paying attention to the news with like Kevin Love and Garland and Porter and Exum and these guys and Deladova. But um, Sexton got banged up in the game against Orlando, and Dotson got banged up in the game against Orlando. So um, they were ankle injuries. So we'll obviously have to wait and see. On them, And then on the Memphis side of things, Triple J is still out, Morant's out, and Winslow's out. So two really shorthanded teams with Cleveland on a back-to-back. Is there anything that you like here for the Cavs?
1: I mean, yeah, we have to kind of wait and see on news. Like, don't know who's going to be playing, but Drummond, I think, is the main guy that sticks out at 8.4K. It's strictly an upside play. It's a five-game slate. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't consider him on a bigger slate. But definitely has the upside to really get you there in this spot. Sexton, yeah, if he doesn't end up playing, then that could open up a whole lot of spots, or a whole lot of usage, a whole lot of minutes. It's just tough not knowing who's going to be playing tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that uh Garland might have already been ruled out. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we don't have the news on things yet, and it's kind of you just got to wait and see who's going to end up playing, and that's pretty much all you can do, but no one's really priced up that much. If everyone ends up sitting, um, so like it, again, this is hard to dissect. If Drum's out, obviously. McGee becomes a fantastic play. If Sexton's out, like I'm going Dotson. I'm going Osman. Both of them are too cheap in all reality. So it just kind of depends on who's playing here. It's it, it's a real tough to dissect the night before.
0: Yeah, honestly, like there's just so many, so many guys. Um that could potentially be out here for Cleveland. um, It's really, it's really tough because like Lamar Stevens got run, um, you know, a got run Osman. I feel like Osman's going to be like the usage guy, but he's coming off of 38 minutes against Orlando. Um, Hopefully, you know, he can handle it. Um, So I don't know. I, I think like overall in this matchup, Osman would probably be my favorite. Um, And then I would probably, like, prioritize, like, Nance and Drummond and, you know, see how the value kind of shakes up. And then on the Memphis side of things, um, what do you like here for the Grizzlies?
1: I mean, probably Brooks and Anderson would be the two main guys I want to go with. Tough defensive matchup going up against Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't play at a high pace. Like, Brooks hasn't been great recently, hasn't been getting a ton of minutes. um, But some of those were because of blowouts. Some of those were because of foul trouble. Um, realistically, I think he gets full run here. In a slower pace game, I think that favors him a little bit. And then Anderson should play enough minutes. He's 6.4K, like with all the injuries here. He should get it done on the floor. Clark's fine. But this is just an ugly game, and it's, it's, it's entirely based on who's in and who's out here. I will give you any interest. It's one of the lowest, if not the lowest total on the slate, if I remember correctly. So you can – you you pretty much have to wait till tomorrow. But if everyone ends up playing that is currently expected to play, this is probably one of the games I'll avoid the most on the night.
0: Yeah, this is one of those games that like you could play some value pieces from, but you don't have to go like too crazy here. Brandon Clark's played at least 29 minutes in four of the four of his last five games. Um, he'd be someone interesting in the spot, but Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, those would be the guys that I'd be looking at the most on this one. Dallas at Denver, 225 and a half total here. Denver favored by three and a half. Um, Trey Burke and Porzingis is out. And then Michael Porter Jr. is uh, questionable. Start with Dallas. Um, what do you like here for the Mavs? Uh,
1: Luca at ten five, but there's a few guys that might be better plays in the higher range. But um, Luca at ten five is not the worst play in the world. Hardway, I think, is still going to keep coming up the bench which will increase or increases usage quite a bit um I know he shot lights out the other night and that's why he ended up with such a massive game but he's still only 6k I think he offers a little bit of a little amount of upside on a five-game slate but outside of that like I don't want cleaver I don't want DFS I want Powell I don't really want anyone here in this spot over on Dallas a lot more of my interest is over on the uh Denver side
0: I think you could definitely look at Luca here. Denver is last in defensive efficiency through the first few games this season. Um, you know, Luca, obviously a guy with massive amount of upside. Outside of him, like, you know, you can look at some of these cheap guys. They're not my favorite plays. So I think like it it's Luka hoping that like you get that monster ceiling game. Like he finally had one the other night, um, against Houston and like Maybe he's healthy and we're good to go. Um, and then on the Denver side of things, like you know, Jokic has just been an absolute beast. Your favorite player? Ooh. Listen, I I think he. I've I've taken enough L's on him um, to start the season already. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think he's off to a really strong start. I think it's good for him. Uh, what do you like here for Denver?
1: Uh, Jokic, obviously, is first and foremost the guy that I want to end up going with. It looks like Michael Porter Jr. is coming back um from COVID protocols, so he should be playing. He should get minutes here going up against Dallas. Dallas is not a high-paced team, but they are one of the, they are mediocre defensive team so far this year, so Porter's probably the second guy. I don't mind Jamal Murray. Um, know that he's pretty hurt miss, but... You're talking a five-game slate. I don't think he's going to come in a ton of ownership at six, and he has some upside, but it's mostly those three guys. Harris is just – he'll get minutes, and he'll get you nothing. Um, barring with MPJ, I think I might cut into his usage a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's MPJ, Murray, and Joker up at the top. I think a lot of the slate kind of – like a lot of the better plays on the slate are in the latter games and hoping they stay close.
0: Yeah, I think this game – could be like super sneaky good. Um, I think it's going to be a close, you know, faster, no defensive type of game. So like, I I think this is one of those games that on a five game NBA slate, you could potentially get some correlation and stack and um, I wouldn't argue it. Uh, moving on, we got Minnesota at Portland, two thirty-two total here. Portland favored by a ten. Um, Okaji's out, Cad is out, and then we didn't get like an injury report released um for Portland yet. But I don't really think it'd be too crazy. Um, Rodney Hood might not play again, so we'll have to kind of see. But Zach Collins, um, what are we looking at here on Minnesota?
1: I mean, Hernan Gomez. I assume we're gonna chase. I know I don't expect him to go for 46 again, but he's still 4.4K with all the injuries. I'm guessing he's probably going to get enough of uh, enough minutes to get there. He um, can get done both scoring and on boards. So he's the main guy. Outside of that, it's Russell and Beasley. like Both of them still going to get a ton of usage. Portland's a terrible defensive team. The only thing you have to worry about here is a blowout. So I'm mostly going to be stacking this game up playing Hernan Gomez with one of Beasley or Russell, but Russell's price tag is 7.7 considering his upside is way too low. I mean, this guy had 60 points going up against Denver. Yes. He kind of looks trash at times, but if you're stacking up, like his price tags too low, not for his floor, but his upside. So if you're stacking up this game, if you're expecting it to stay close, he's an absolutely perfect piece. So I'm not playing him unless I bring it back with either McCollum or with Lillard. Um, It's pretty much the best thing you can set into your lineups there. So Hernan Gomez is a fantastic play regardless and definitely a guy you want to throw in the stack. But not going Edwards, not going Nas, can't really trust Nas minutes. Rubio looks horrible, and that's pretty much it. So it's pretty cut and dry. I think you can play Vanderbilt. Um, he's 3.8K, didn't get much of a price increase, still could end up getting the minutes. So it's, this is a spot where you can get some value if this game ends up staying close.
0: Yeah. Obviously you're just going to kind of be waiting to see what the starting lineup looks like in general um, for this team and, you know, kind of have to dictate your plays off of that. Like is, you know, Hernan Gomez going to get the minutes or is it going to be Vanderbilt? Could it be Culver? They still have a few guys that could kind of fill in for Okaji here. So um, give me me the guy that's starting in this one um, more than anything else, but I think, like, we have to have interest in Hernan Gomez. He's going to be one of the, the chalkiest plays on the slate. But in tournaments, like, he's not the worst, like, I wouldn't even say fade, but underweight play on a five-game slate because he is going to be just so absolutely um, owned across, like, every type of contest. Uh, what do you like here for Portland?
1: Paul Lillard. I mean, Minnesota is playing at the seventh-fastest pace in the league. And they are the worst defensive team in the league. So, kind of everyone is a Covington revenge game. I don't mind that, even though he hasn't really been doing a ton recently. Doesn't give you a huge amount of upside, but I think in a revenge game, he could end up shooting a little bit more, especially in a faster pace game. It kind of suits his style of play a whole lot. Um, McCollum and Lillard, they've been doing what they've been doing, and they're going to keep doing it. Like, both of them are fantastic guys to play if you're bringing it back with Russell. Like I said, any lineup I have either of them in, I'm going to be bringing it back with Russell and probably Heron and Gomez, and then fading those guys in any, game, any lineup. I don't have Lillard and McCollum, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cut and dry here. Go with the guys that are going to play some minutes in this spot. I mean, if you really want to go with Melo, he offers a little bit of salary relief to stack up the game because Lillard and McCollum are so expensive. Derek Jones Jr. is going to be playing minutes in an easy matchup here, so 4.1K, probably a little too cheap for him. Like this game has a ton of cheap plays and a few good studs here.
0: Yeah. Like, I I think like, obviously you're, you know, kind of hoping this game just stays close if you're stacking it. And I think that's, that's like, that's how you're going to have to like play D'Angelo Russell and stuff, uh, Lillard and McCollum. And and like, I don't, I don't mind um, Carmelo here at 4,300 to, you know, get some value on this slate. Obviously, we have a couple of teams on back to backs. a lot of value could potentially open up, so maybe Melo doesn't make the final cut, um, but it is something to kind of pay attention to. Uh, we finish it out with San Antonio at LA taking on the Lakers. 224.5 total here. Lakers favored by 9. Uh, Derek White is out. KCP, LeBron, and AD are all questionable. But the fact that the Lakers are favored by 9 has me thinking like we're going to see um ad and lebron play here um what are your thoughts on san antonio
1: i mean the nice thing is the three main games with the three teams with studs on them that you want to play in this spot here are all playing at the same time so we'll have this news not before the first two games start but when all these three of these games start at the same time so just something to keep in mind there when you're building lineups but the rosen johnson i'm not playing lmas didn't think he's still he ends up playing, he's not going to end up with a ton of minutes. Um, so, like, they'll they'll keep babying him along and limiting his minutes. So, it's Johnson, Murray, and DeRozan. That's where we know the offense is coming from. All three of these guys are going to end up with a lot of minutes. They're the main part of this offense, but none of them are great plays. Um, they're just kind of fillers. I mean, it's a bad matchup going up against the Lakers. I don't know if this game ends up staying close, nine-point favorite, but there's a few blowout rests on the slate. Again, it's it's mostly I'm waiting on news. If AD and LeBron are playing, then I don't know if I want to play this game, and I'll probably pivot over to the Denver and Dallas game and the Minnesota game.
0: Yeah, like overall, like this game in general, um, if it stays close, like DeRozan or DeJounte, are probably having big games. Um, you know, Keldon Johnson's had some really good games, but his price is kind of caught up to the production. I, I think like it, it's DeRozan Murray and run it back with like one of LeBron or Anthony Davis. Um, if you're kind of playing this game. So um, Lakers, do you want to get in the Lakers here? I know we like if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both out, like you play Kyle Kuzma on every team. You play Kuzma,
1: you play Schroeder, you play pretty much everyone here. This is where all the value is going to come from, but I don't really expect both of them to sit. And if LeBron sits, play Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis sits, play LeBron. Um, and if one of them sits, then I still think there's a decent amount of value with Schroeder, with Kuzma, with a few guys in the spot here. But, my guess it's all up to injury news. If You don't have to lock in Davis or James. They just become really good plays. And this is a perfect or perfect spot to take advantage of late swap. There's so many studs on the late slate. You can move things around a ton and people are just going to see the Q tag beside James and Davis. So if we don't get news before lock, then it's a great idea to swap over to these guys if one of them is ruled out. So yeah, it's Davis or it's James for me. Um, If they both end up playing, but not a huge interest in either play one of them if the is out and they're both fan- and he's a fantastic play. If both of them are out, Schroeder, Kuzma, Harrell are all fantastic plays. Horton will probably get the start to end up playing a decent amount of minutes. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's kind of dictated by injuries to watch out for, but I think you're right. I think there is a decent chance both end up playing.
0: Uh, let's move on to the NFL slate here. We're going to play the morning grind game on the NFL uh, side of things this for this podcast. So, um, Again, ton of NBA content. Um, I know I have some premium stuff like expert survey and stuff that I'm doing on today, Thursday. So if you guys have any questions, always feel free to reach out on Discord or reach out on Twitter. Great, let's Talk Football. Um, we're going to go through all six games, kind of just breaking down each game like we normally do. Um, and then you guys can use the info for the three games or the six game slate, however you want to do it. Uh, we get started here. With the Colts and the Bills, it's a 51 total. Buffalo's favored by six and a half in this one. Uh, what do you like here for the Colts?
1: Josh, or for the Colts, um, Jonathan Taylor is fine. Like the Bills have a decent defense, but he's going to get fed here. Outside of that, like it's tough to really trust any of these wide receivers, but I think it's a decent spot since it's a three, if, especially if you're playing the three game slate, not the entire weekend slate, to take a shot on one of these wide receivers. Hilton can go off for a big game. Pascal and Pittman offer you a decent amount of value. I don't expect them to be terribly high-owned. So, like, none of these guys really stand out as great plays as pretty much every week they don't stand out as fantastic. Plays. Rivers did to just spread the ball around. They're all kind of priced appropriately. So, it's Taylor's the one guy that stands out as a good play in a vacuum. And then taking shots on Hilton would probably be my favorite, unless he's going to draw a ton of ownership. Um, but Pascal or Pittman because one of these guys can easily end up with a big game like a sleigh breaking game. But picking which one it's going to be, the chances of them putting up a huge dud is also pretty likely. It's the Colts offense. It's how it's always been this year. But it's worth taking a shot in GBPs. Hilton is probably my favorite from the bunch. But Jonathan Taylor is the one guy that stands out as a potential cash game play and just a good play overall.
0: Yeah, like you know, we have a lot of great defenses um, on a lot of, on both slates. Uh, and this game obviously has the highest total on the three game Saturday slate. So second highest total on the weekend. I think like, you know, Taylor is obviously someone that we're looking at. I'm not too worried about like this shoulder thing. I think it's fine. I think TUI UI Hilton is a great run back option. Um, you know, in a game where if they're trailing, you know, he could be getting some passes and some, you know, easy stuff like that. I will say like if you want to get crazy in tournaments on like the three game slate, I don't hate like taking a shot on Heinz, um, you know, just kind of hoping that you get some pass catching out of the backfield if they're trailing. Um, but yeah, as far as Pascal and Pittman go, I lean Pittman um, but I, I definitely want to see the ownership because Pascal has been a guy that has had some big games here in the last couple weeks. So um, a lot of ways to go here with Indy. Let's go to the Buffalo side of things. Obviously, Josh Taylor is one of the top um, options at quarterback on this slate. I'm hoping Diggs is okay. I would assume he's going to be okay. I think they're being very careful with his oblique injury. Uh, what do you like here for Buffalo?
1: Uh, Diggs, Beasley, Allen. I mean, this offense has been the same pretty much all season long. If you want to take a tournament flyer on someone, I think John Brown's not the worst idea in the world, but... Diggs has been consistent all season long. Allen has been absolutely fantastic. It's in a must-win scenario because it's playoffs, uh, but you're not going to get, you might not get any more upside than you will get with Diggs and with Josh Allen on this entire slate. So it's pretty, pretty simple when it comes to the Bills offense every week. You want to take a tournament flyer in big field tournaments on either Moss or Singletary. I a shot that they get into the end zone. I think a tight end Croft is actually, or not Croft, Knox is a good play like, Occasionally Josh Allen will throw it to random tight ends and they'll get into the end zone and Knox has been his favorite target. Had eight targets in the last game going up against Miami. Um, Had seven against Pittsburgh. So he's been getting a decent workload over the last three, four games. He's definitely a guy you can go with on just a four games or on a three game slate. But Allen and Diggs are by far in a way the two top plays probably on the slate.
0: Yep, uh, love those two guys. Love the John Brown call, especially if Beasley doesn't end up playing. But if Beasley plays, I think John Brown could even fly under the radar in that scenario. So um, he's certainly someone that I have circled for tournaments. Uh, Don't love the running game here. Singletary is cheap. Zach Moss is cheap. Like you said, if you want to take tournament flyers on those guys. But it's going to be Buffalo letting Josh Allen win or lose them. This game, right? Like he's gonna he's gonna be the reason they either go home or win, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's almost the entirety of their offense.
0: Um, moving on here, we got the Rams and the Seahawks, uh, 42 and a half total here. Seattle favored by three and a half. Um we have so many uncertainties when it comes to the Rams. Um is Jared Goff gonna be ready? It doesn't sound like it's that great. Cooper Cup is expected back. Um, what are we looking at here on the Rams?
1: It's it's a tough one to predict, especially if we don't know if Goff or if uh, yeah Goff or Cup. I think Cup is going to play, but I don't know if Goff is going to play. That obviously drastically changes the offense, changes the approach that we'd have in it. And I don't know if McVay is going to tell us before the game starts. Um, just trying to keep that competitive advantage. It's a smart move but acres at 5.1 K is a silly price tag. Just absolutely silly. Um, don't know if Adams is going to end up playing for Seattle's defense. So I think that gives a little bit of bump to the passing game, uh, for the Rams, but acres I acres mean, is going to be the ultra shock on the Saturday slate. Isn't he?
0: I would think he's going to be pretty popular. He's really cheap. I think he's going to be popular on both slates.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Akers is by far the best play from the Rams. I don't mind taking a shot on Walford or the passing game, but it's Akers is the guy that stands out as the best point-per-dollar running back on the slate by a decent margin.
0: Yep, yeah, he's going to – like, maybe he's not popular because people are worried about, like, the injury, the matchup, any of that stuff, but I, I think he'll be pretty popular. And I, I don't know, man. Um, in tournaments, I could see – not playing him, but in cash games, I think you you have to play Acres here. I think Cooper Cup's really cheap too. Um, Seattle side, like uh, I don't know, man. Chris Carson's banged up a little bit, dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. We really don't know like how serious that is, but the Rams' defense is is, is really solid. You know, they're fourth in DVOA against pass, third and DVOA against the run. Um is this a spot like Russ is going to have to go on win that win this game, or is this going to be like two weeks ago, 20 to nine, you know, Seahawks beat the Rams um, week 10, 16 to 23, like the Rams beat the Seahawks. Like they haven't really had that like explosive game, but like if you're looking at like quarterback wide receiver combos on this slate, like russ dk russ lockett like they just they have so much more ceiling than some of these other guys
1: yeah yeah they do the problem is yeah i i, I still see them running ball a decent amount the rams is a tough uh pass defense uh, the only way i can see playing russ is if i'm playing rams on the other side like that's that's really it metcalf and lockett are finest one-offs like i know like the like to pair your running back or your wide receiver and your quarterback. But Russ hasn't had over a 200-yard game or a 300-yard game since the first time they – before the first time they played L.A. Like, Metcalf can end up with 160 yards. Lockett can end up with 160 yards. Either one of them can end up with two touchdowns. But, like, I don't want anything from the Seattle side. Like, they're they're just running the ball too much. They're mixing in Hyde too much. This is going to be a low-scoring game, I think. The only way I'm playing Russ is if I'm bringing it back with Acres and Woods or Acres and Cup, like or Cup and Woods. It's just that simple. Like you have to full on game stack this game if you're playing Russ, or you just leave Russ alone.
0: I think that's I think that's the right approach. Um, You know, full stacker, stay away. Um, I think is how I'm going to approach this one. Uh, Tampa at Washington, 45 total here. Tampa favored by eight and a half. Um, awesome story, Alex Smith. I think he definitely deserves the comeback player of the year. Um, obviously, there's some injuries that we're waiting on on this one. Mike Evans had to get carted off the field in week 17 with a knee injury. Um, I'd be shocked if he plays, even though they said that like it's a possibility that he plays this weekend. Uh, what are we looking at here on Tampa?
1: On Tampa... I mean, with, if Evans doesn't end up playing, then I think you can absolutely go with Godwin or Brown. Um, both of them are going to get an increase in target share. Both of them have a decent shot at a massive game. Scotty Miller will probably get a decent increase in targets, and he's cheap at 3.4K. Don't mind him, but it, it's it's predominantly Brown and Godwin. I don't think I'm playing Brady. Like I'm probably using one wide receiver as a one-off, one of those two guys. I think one of them ends up with a decent game. The Washington defense has been really good. This team has been really good under Alex Smith. I think that Washington ends up beating Brady this weekend. Um, Wouldn't be surprised by that at all. So I'm mostly staying away from the Bucks in this spot. And the only thing I'm using is Godwin or Brown as a one-off, or if Mike Evans plays and he looks all right, using him as a one-off. But that's really it.
0: Yeah, like, you know, this team's been so good against the past all season. But I think, like, Brady is someone that we have to consider. Um, I think you have to consider Godwin. I think you have to consider, like, Antonio Brown. Um, Like, even, like, Gronk. Like, I think all these guys are realistically in play here. And then on the Washington side, like, if McLaurin's a go, I think he is a top-end point-per-dollar play. Him and Logan Thomas are going to get a ton of targets in this game from Alex Smith.
1: Yeah, McLaurin and Gibson are fantastic plays. Um, it's just that simple. Gibson, if he's good to go, which he should be, um, every or every time he's good to go, he puts up a big game. Like, he's getting almost 20 touches a game. The last, what, four games that he's up playing the entire game. So, Gibson is a fantastic play. even gets this tough. Bucs I might not consider him on a big slate, but it a three-game slate or a six-game slate. Absolutely worth it. But we know exactly where this offense is going. It's Logan Thomas is going to get a massive target share. McLaurin is going to get a massive target share. And Gibson is going to get a decent target share. And they're going to run the ball on the ground. And he's super talented. So I don't know if I'll end up using Alex Smith at all. Uh, Honestly, going through the slate, I'm probably just going 100% Josh Allen because he's the greatest quarterback ever. But the passing game, it's Thomas, it's McLaurin, it's Gibson.
0: Yeah, and that's the Saturday slate. If, like, you're playing Saturday, Sunday, I think you can, you know, obviously look at, like, Lamar and stuff. But I think Josh Allen's going to be super popular um, in general here. And, like, that makes me, like, somewhat interested in, like, Brady because I think, like, he's the only other guy that, like, or him or Wilson, like, that could go three touchdowns and, like, compete with Josh Allen. Ownership would be a lot lower on those guys. So, um, yeah, like... I don't know. Washington's pretty straightforward for me. Like I want, I want McLaurin and I want, um, Logan Thomas. And that's, that's really it. Uh, moving on to the Sunday games, uh, Baltimore and Tennessee is where we get started. It's the highest total on the entire slate, um, on the whole entire weekend. It's a 55 total Baltimore's favored by three and a half. Um, let's start with Baltimore, Tennessee finished the season 30th in DV away against the pass. Um, I know Lamar Jackson's not going to drop back and throw the ball 40 times, uh, but this is a this is a phenomenal spot for Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, I just don't know if I want to play any of his passing options. Honestly, it's Jackson naked is probably what I end up want to end up going with. If I am, it's probably going to be Hollywood Brown. But my guess is that's what most people are going to do. So it's really not going to be terribly contrarian. I know that he's had five touch or six touchdowns in the last six games. He's put up 10 plus points in each of the last six games, but. I just don't know. Like, I don't think that Lamar is going to get – or my plan is to play him and not really play his wide receivers. But, yeah, if I'm going with anyone, it's Andrews and it's Brown. Like, if you really want to take a shot on Boykins, that's not the worst idea in the world. It's some salary saving. He's had double-digit outing twice in the last five weeks, but he's still not getting over three targets, and he get aimed this entire year, or at least since week five. We know exactly where Lamar goes. I don't think I'm taking a shot on Dobbins. I know that he's done really well, but he's still not getting over 15 touches a game. He just happened to break off a massive run the other week. They're still going to mix in Gus into the game. So it's it's Lamar as the main guy one here. If you want to throw in Brown and Andrews, that's fine. But I'll look elsewhere. There's a few other decent options on the slate.
0: Yeah, I think overall, um, this is just like a Lamar – Tight ends kind of weak, so like Andrews, um, Lamar, Hollywood Brown is okay. Um, but I don't know. Overall, I think this is one of those games that you're just kind of, kind of really iffy about how this game like potentially plays out in general. But um, this should be the highest scoring game, so like I think you have to have exposure to Hollywood Brown, to Andrews, to Lamar, to gus edwards to like all these guys like any of these guys that could break off a big game um i I think that you have to have a little exposure to these guys um if you're playing a bunch of tournament teams uh and then on the tennessee side of things like derrick henry is going to be the most popular play on the sunday slate on the saturday sunday slate he'll probably be pretty popular as well listen he's just he's been an absolute beast this is You know, a pretty middle-of-the-road type of matchup. Um, What do you like here for Tennessee?
1: I mean, it's playoff Derrick Henry. I think last year going up against Baltimore, he had, what, 170 rushing yards? He's going to run the ball 30 times. Like, this offense has run through him. Play him. If you don't play him, then play Brown and Tannehill and John Smith and Corey Davis-Brown is a fantastic play. Corey Davis has been playing really well and he's drastically cheaper, but play the, play the passing game. Like this is a massive total. Derrick Henry can fail if he just ends up not getting into the end zone. He's going to be so heavily owned that it's the perfect leverage play to play this Tennessee offense in the passing game. So that's, that's pretty much it. They have a 25.75 total. Tannehill has 40 point upside. Like you can run the ball and AJ Brown and Corey Davis have 30 point upside. Jono Smith has two touchdown upside. Like we know exactly where this is going in this offense and it's just a perfect pivot. Is it scary to fade Henry and play Tannehill in the passing game? Yes. Can they both end up hitting? Yes. But more than likely it's going to be one or the other, but this is going to be a high enough scoring game that both AJ Brown and Henry or both Davis and Henry end up hitting. it's only a three game slate or a six game slate. So they could still end up both being in the winning lineup.
0: Yeah, I I think, like, if you want to get Contrary, you could potentially play Henry, Tannehill, and, like, AJ or Corey Davis. But something that you normally wouldn't do on, like, a main slate, but, you know, this is a, a much smaller type of slate. So, you know, you could be a little bit more different uh chicago at new orleans 47 and a half total new orleans favored by 10 in this game um new orleans defense has been fantastic this season what if anything do you like here for the bears
1: nothing i mean you can go with montgomery you can go with trubisky you can go with robinson but 18.75 implied total on a slate where four out of the six teams have over a 25 implied team total I know there's game theory and other stuff. I'm going to take a shot on anyone. It's most likely Robinson, but I don't see many scenarios where Trubisky ends up outscoring Tannehill and Lamar and Ben and Baker and Breeze. Like, it's just, you can go other places. I mean, if you're going to look at anyone on this team, it's probably Jimmy Graham or Komet hoping that they end up with two touchdowns. Like, that's that's how you end up taking down the slate. If you're playing Trubisky, playing with, Jimmy Graham, probably just in case he ends up getting multiple touchdowns. Cause that's the way that Trubisky ends up getting there. And that's the way that Jimmy Graham ends up on the winning line.
0: Yeah. I think like Allen Robinson, if you're stacking the saints is fine, running it back with him, running it back with commit, um, you know, Montgomery, I, this is a really, really tough matchup, but he's been, he's been fantastic here down the stretch um, over 20 fantasy points and six straight to finish the season for David Montgomery. So I don't think like you necessarily want to fade him, but I do think this is a really tough matchup. Um it is the playoffs and the 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 guys that get the touches are gonna to get the touches. Um this is a dude that like last week when they were trailing the Green Bay had nine catches. Um so he could do it on the receiving end too with Cohen still out. So um the Saint side of things, like I guess the thing that we need to point out first is like Michael Thomas is is cheap everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we still need to make sure that he plays, but it's in New Orleans. He's six point three k. Breeze is at the helm. Like, yeah, I'm probably just gonna lock him in. I don't see any way that doesn't end up paying value. If you really want to pit, if you're not playing Thomas, you pretty much need to be playing Kamara. That's 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 it. Like, it's it's as simple as that. If you want to play Breeze, that's fine, but thomas is just a lock for me i'm probably going to go 100 percent on him
0: yeah i don't think that's a, a crazy idea at his price uh assuming that he plays like we're we're going off the assumption that like he plays um it sounds like he's going to play anyway so we'll have to kind of see you know what kind of news comes out with that but yeah i think like you know michael thomas is the top wide receiver on this slate um, and I don't think it's like particularly like that close either. So um Kamara, you mentioned him, you know, Emmanuel Sanders will be really low owned with Thomas coming back, and I think like you could take shots on him in large field tournaments. Um I, that's kind of it though. Uh let's move on to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. It's a 47 total, uh Pittsburgh favored by six. What do you like here for Cleveland?
1: I mean, Chubb and Hunt are fine, but I think I'm going to target more of the passing game. Um, They're going to run the ball. Cleveland absolutely is going to run the ball. But Baker was playing pretty well before all his receivers got COVID. And then he played a Pittsburgh team where all they needed to do was to run the ball. And then going up against the Jets, like it was just a weird matchup. For some reason, the Jets seem to beat everyone. But Baker is, I think, one of the sneakier plays on the slate, and pairing him up with Landry is Landry is one of my favorite plays too. After Michael Thomas at the wide receiver position, he's been playing fantastic, like averaging over 20 points, I think, in the last five weeks. He's getting a ton of targets without OBJ. They finally like they had the few weeks of win games, and then they just been force feeding him all the time. He has touchdown equity. He has 10 catch equity. He has hundred yard equity. Like Jarvis Landry in a tough matchup versus Pittsburgh, I don't think many people are going to play him.
0: I hope not. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, I like Landry a lot. Love the price tag uh, for Landry. He's certainly someone that is is going to make the cut for me this week. And I don't mind Baker Mayfield if you're looking for like a cheap guy and you're wanting to pay up with like guys like derrick henry and and you know get full like kamara maybe like maybe you want two top end running backs so those are the type of teams that you could potentially build with baker mayfield um if you are playing a bunch of baker mayfield i wouldn't mind getting um some austin hooper in there as well he has double digit fantasy points in three straight games touchdowns in two of his last three um he's kind of like he he's definitely someone we saw last year that can put up monster games so don't mind him on the Pittsburgh side of things like this is one of the better matchups for passing and for running on the slate. I think like Deontay Johnson, he's another guy that's like a top end, you know, wide receiver on this slate.
1: Yeah, absolutely love Johnson. Um, well, there's been one game where he's actually finished outside of last week. It was, it was uh, whatever his name that um, was playing quarterback outside of that game, and I think one other game where he's finished this season, he's ended up with 10-plus targets. He's averaging 14 during that time, I think, or 13. Like This guy is going to get thrown the ball a ton. So in a PPR site like DraftKings, he's an absolutely fantastic play. If you want to go in bigger field tournaments with Claypool or Juju, both of them have pretty big touchdown equity, have a shot at um, two-touchdown game. In massive tournaments – like the Millionaire Maker, I think you can make the argument for James Washington, who can rip off an 80-yard play. But realistically, on this slate, I mean, just I guess with the lineup build, it can be worth it because you're paying <laughs> only 3K for that. And there's a lot of good spend-ups. But there's going to be a lot of guys that go off for big scores on a slate with four teams above a 25 implied team total.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the the passing game just in general here. I think like that is the that is the target for me on Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think you can look at Claypool. I think you can look at Juju. You can look at Deontay Johnson. You can look at really any of these pass catchers here um, and just kind of hope you you pick the right one um, <laughs> at the end of the day. So uh, anything else from this one? Now, honestly,
1: I really only have interest in Johnson. I mean, you can take a shot on Big Ben and pair him up with two pass catchers. Ebron's not a horrible play. I'm staying away from the running game still. It's mostly just Johnson for me over on the Pittsburgh side.
0: All right. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then um, we'll get out of here. Give me your favorite quarterback. We're using all six games. Favorite quarterback to um, throw for 300-plus yards?
1: The answer is the obvious answer, but I'm going to say Mayfield instead of Allen just because it's down too easy.
0: All right. Baker it is. Um, I'm going to go Tom Brady. Go different a little bit here. Uh, give me a low-owned running back for a touch tip.
1: Is Gibson gonna be loaned? Yeah. All right. Answer.
0: Um James Connor. I don't know if he'll be loaned, but I'm gonna go him.
1: I don't think anyone's playing him.
0: Uh give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. Landry.
1: Thomas is the obvious one, but Landry.
0: Baker and Landry. I'm gonna go Ben and Deontay Johnson. Give me a wide receiver that gets eight plus targets.
1: I'm going to go with Beasley.
0: All right. I think DK Metcalf low key gets like 12 targets in this game. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to do a lot with it. We'll see, but I think DK Metcalf is who I'm going to pick here. Uh, give me a tight end for a touchdown.
1: Logan Thomas.
0: All right, I'm gonna go Hoopa. He's gonna he's gonna dunk it when he gets it. Um, we usually go defense for ten plus. Just I think the the Seahawks defense is like the defense on this slate. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, especially. So cheap. If, yeah, it's Wallford ends up playing.
0: I think even if Goff plays, is it gonna be a hundred percent? Like no way, right? Yeah. But I mean they could end up running the ball all game
1: long is the problem.
0: Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. Uh, I think and add, add a lot of
1: that depends on Adams. Adams is gonna add probably an extra sack to the game, like potential extra turnover. He might not do it himself, but just what he brings to the defense is pretty massive. Honestly, if he doesn't end up playing then I think it's a if Seattle's going to be a chalk defense to
0: fade them. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I hope Holmes is crushing it, though. Does, does Levine and Fox have 100 points apiece? That's all Fox I Fox is I... out. Oh, well. Yeah, you but, don't need to watch any more basketball. Yeah, listen, I, I stopped. Honestly, I stopped watching so long ago. <laughs> um, you know, he, he what, hamstring injury? Is that what I'm reading?
1: I think so, yeah. I don't know. I, wasn't paying. I just saw the notification while we were on the pod.
0: All right. Awesome. Uh, I, I wish De'Aaron Fox uh, the best. I hate seeing people get injured. Um, wish Fultz a speedy recovery as well. If you guys haven't checked out Monkey Night Fight, make sure you guys do that. Uh, if not, we'll see you guys on Friday for some more NBA talk. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Hey, kids.